found in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Would you read this with me, please? Everyone, starting right here. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It's a very curious thing that when you seek God with all your heart, when you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the more you learn to walk in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit is the director of your life. He's the one that disciplines your life. He's your teacher. He's your guide. The more you walk in Holy Spirit, two amazing things happen. The more you love heaven and the second coming of Jesus Christ and the less you love the world and everything it has to offer. Those two things just become natural. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting a new house. There's nothing wrong with getting a new boat or getting a new car. There's nothing wrong with having a girlfriend and boyfriend as long as it is not the primary focus of your life that it's not the total motivation of your heart, that it is not that which you're looking for most in your life. In other words, it's a matter of establishing right priorities and right perspective in your life. Amen? Amen. God wants us to have a right perspective and right priority. But oftentimes we get it flipped. That's what John was writing about in his first epistle in chapter 3 in the first three verses. Let's read this together. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. See, it's a matter of priority and and perspective in our life. See, what, what, what makes it so empty when you get to the top It's when that has been everything you have sought in your life. I was thinking this morning about a friend of mine back in the 1980s who had, uh, he, he was an avid, avid hunter. And he had started hunting for the lone bull only. And Probably to really understand what that means, you'd probably have to be a really avid hunter. But the, there, there's 
There's older bulls, really big bulls, and they just they 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 get alone for themselves, and they and they're they're alone, and it takes a tremendous amount to find them and get one. And that had been the pursuit of his life to get a lone bull. He finally got one. I can't remember now if it was a five point or a six point, but he finally got one. And he came by my house with it in the back of his pickup, could not wait to show me. A few months after that, he was talking with me and he said, it's really empty. So what do I do now? And it became especially empty for him when his marriage started failing and his kids didn't like him. Because he had sacrificed everything. Hunting was his life. He worked so he could hunt. And those things which were most important in his life began to fail. And yeah, he got his big bull, but it was very empty. But see, that's where Holy Scripture helps us to set right priority in our life. But I find something really curious in this generation. My generation grew up hearing songs like, uh, uh, you know, I wish we'd all been ready, and uh, the king is coming, and, and just all these songs about heaven. You don't hear songs about heaven on the radio, you know? I mean, the only one I can think of that really has been out that really made it big uh, was, was what, 10 years ago now, you know? And uh, I can only imagine, okay? That may have heard that song, okay? Yeah, great, great song, fabulous song, a career-making song. And it, and it really helped us begin to think about what should be our priority, what should be our perspective, but see, we've, we've lost that, and I have young people saying to me, when I say young, I mean younger than me, okay? I have young people say, saying to me, they said, well, me, I don't want Jesus to come yet because I want to get married. I want to have kids. Uh, I want to I finish college. I want to get into a career. I've even had some say to me, I don't want Jesus to come yet. I still got some things on my bucket list. Are you kidding me? But see, the reason is because what has happened is we have become so focused on here and now and the pleasure of here and now and the things we can get here and now that we have forgotten that the priority is supposed to be heaven. See, God created us for heaven. You realize when God originally created Adam and Eve, Earth was heavenly. There was no sickness, there was no disease, there was no sin, there was no, come on. It was perfect. We can't imagine that level of perfectness in our life because we, all of our life from the time we have been in the womb until right now, we have been surrounded with imperfectness. 
because we're all born with a sin nature. But Almighty God has created us for redemption so that we can experience our final redemption of our human body so that this human body that is now earthly puts on the heavenly so we can spend eternity with him in heaven. That's what it's all about. But we lose perspective and we get focused here. got to share with you a conversation Jesus had on the night of his betrayal. It finished the Passover meal and he was talking with his disciples. He started the conversation there in the upper room, continued it on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a portion of what he said to them at that time. It's found in 1 John chapter 14. We're just going to look at the first three verses Right here, would you read it with me? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Stop, did you see that? If it wasn't so, I would have told you. This is the absolute truth. You can can absolutely base your life on this. This one's solid. So what does he go on to say? He goes on to say, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, what's the obvious? On the the way here this morning, I was, I was alone, Juan and I brought separate cars today because she's got a meeting and I've got a meeting and, and, uh, I, and on my way here alone in my car, I began thinking about this old, old song, okay, uh, uh, over, 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 over the creek and through the woods to grandmother's house we go, something like that. Remember that old, old song? I mean, it's, it's, it's totally irrelevant today. You have to say something like this. Over 405 and down I-84 to grandmother's house. I go, something like that, you'd have to say, you know. But, uh, I mean, it's totally irrelevant today. But, but I was thinking about that, that song. And how, as a kid growing up, we used to sing that. Never made sense to us because we grew up in the inner city of Spokane. And so I guess we could have said over the Spokane River and up the South Hill to grandma's house we go. Said something like that. But uh, it just... I got to thinking about that, and I thought, Jesus, the whole point of the song is, I get to go to Grandma's house. I get to go to Papa's house. But when we get so focused here, We forget the whole point is we're created to go to Papa's house. That's the point. See, our our 70, 80, 90 years that we get to have here, some of them much shorter than that, unfortunately, but those years, this this is just basic training. And for those that have never been in military, this is just tech school. 
This is just undergrad work. Getting us ready for the real career that God has planned for us. See, the real career that God has planned for us is in his eternal kingdom. Now, let me dispel a total misconception. Heaven will not be sitting on a cloud playing a harp forever and ever. Nor is heaven going to be singing a song that never ends forever and ever. Scripture makes it really, really clear, and we're going to take one week and we're going to study about this down the road a ways. We're going to study about this. You will have a position and a job in heaven that you will have to carry out. Now, that may be a real bummer for people that hate work. But God meant for us to enjoy work. I believe one of the reasons work is so boring and horrible today is we've totally taken craftsmanship out of it. And there's no real value and honor anymore in turning out a piece of craftsmanship. Man, I, uh, one of the joys I had working with my dad, I could never do it like he does, because my dad was a master craftsman. And, and, and the last 20, 25 years of his career, he only did really high-end work. Did a lot of work for the Gates family and, and folks like that. So he's working in a million and a half, two million dollar home. And he's got this solid walnut banisters and, and, and fireplace mantles and stuff he's working on. And I mean craftsmanship, craftsmanship. That's what my dad could do. I look at it and go, ooh, that's cool. Wish I could do that. I didn't inherit those genes. But my craftsmanship is in another way. But there's got to be... There's got to be a restoration of understanding, dear ones, that this is basic training. This is just our training to get ready for what we do for heaven. That's why one day we're going to kneel at the feet of Jesus and he's going to reward us for our training and he's going to assign us to our permanent duty. Praise God. I can't wait to hear these words from Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Here is your reward. Come on. Amen. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Let's take a moment. Have have I got, let me see, how much long have I got? I forgot. I lost track of time. I apologize. Okay, I got a few minutes yet. I want to unpack this a little bit for you because I want you to get what it's all about. But would you please excuse me? Let's unpack this just a little bit so that we get more what Jesus is saying. And the first thing he wants us to understand is these are words of peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. Now, I, I can tell you, and, and this, this was so riveted in my heart this week, because I got to tell you, our, our world is, is it's, it's like 
a baseball we used to play baseball with in the sandlot. And the threads were all coming apart. And you could hit it really hard, but it just wouldn't go very far in the world. And dear ones, we've got to find that place of peace. Because Jesus created us to live in perfect peace. The promise of Isaiah, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And let, let me urge you, and this, I, I don't mean this just to be a commercial, but I've got a whole series out there on, on DVD on living in perfect peace. It's entitled No Mo Drama. And some of you need to get that and devour it because you live in way too much drama, baby. You need to learn to live in peace. And so the, 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 the first words Jesus said, I want you to have peace. And the reason is because the very promise and hope of heaven is supposed to be that source of bringing us peace. It's supposed to bring us peace. That when, when stuff like here is going on, like what's been going on in our world this week, that I can go, thank you, Jesus, this isn't the end. There is so much more to come in a kingdom where there will be no more war, there will be no more violence, there will be no more evil, there will be no more lies. Thank God, no more lies. Amen. Wow. Believe in me. The reason that we can have perfect peace and we can have perfect assurance is because these are the words from Almighty God himself. God said it. If God said it, it's settled. There used to be this saying, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Mm-mm. It's settled whether you believe it or not. I think people say to me, well, I just don't believe that. You got a problem. Because <laughs> whether you believe it or not, it's still the absolute truth. One guy came in to sit with me and he said, he said uh, I said, so why did you come to see me? And, and he, was, he was pastor in another church. It was about, about an hour away. And I said, why did you come to see me? He says, because... You believe in a literal heaven. I said, I absolutely do. Well, let me tell you why there's not a literal heaven. I said, you can't. He said, what do you mean I can't? I said, well, you can't tell me why there's not a literal heaven when Almighty God has already told me there is a literal heaven and his word is absolutely true. So whatever you say to me right now is going to be inaccurate. He looked at me like I was the dumbest cluck on planet Earth. And I looked at him like he was the most deceived guy on planet Earth. I thought, how crazy can you be when you want to argue with God's word? But don't we do that all the time, folks? We do that in our own heart. We read something, and it convicts us of our sin, and it's a sin we don't want to give up yet, and so we argue with God about it, about why it's okay. And we, and we try to find reasons why we can go ahead and excuse it. And it doesn't matter what excuses you come up with, folks. It's settled forever in the heavens. Thy word, O Lord, is settled forever in the heavens. God said it. That's it. Come on. 
That's why we can have peace about this, because he said it. Hallelujah. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Wow. I love what Keith Green used to say about this. He said, if God took six days to make planet Earth and all that is on it, including mankind, and the wonder and the amazement of the human body, if he did that in six days, but it is taking him 2,000 years to finish making our mansion in heaven, what is that going to be like? Can you imagine? (laughs) Woo! I go to prepare a place for you. I, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go build you a place. Now, what's the obvious? If someone were to say to you, you know what? I, I, I love you so much, and so up on this corner of Jubilee Lake, I have built you a cabin. Are you going to say to them, no, thanks? Or are you going to immediately start planning, how can I get there? What day can I go? Come on, really? Unless, of course, it was me building that for you. Then you might want to say. (laughs) But Almighty God is building a place here. So what is the obvious? He wants us there. He means for us to go there. That is supposed to be the longing of our heart to get there. Amen? Amen. And so what God wants is for us to have less love and attraction for the world and a greater love and attraction for the place he's making for us. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He wants us there. In other words, heaven is a very real place. It's not, it's, it's not just some fairy tale. It's not just, it's, it's not just some like an, an, an analogy or an allegory. Heaven is a very real place. Jesus talked about it on the cross. Can you imagine? He is hanging on the cross and and he is dying. The guy next to him goes, I believe in you. And Jesus turns to him and says, this day you will be with me in paradise. Now, what do we know? We're going to talk about this next week. Here's something amazing. Stay with me. Jesus took from Satan the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he opened the way for heaven. And so now, when a child of God passes away, They just step from this life to that life. They don't really die. Death has no power over us anymore. See, the moment you're born again, death loses its power upon you. Someone says to you, I'm going to kill you. You look at them in the eye and go, you can't. All you can do is send me to heaven. 
you're doing me a favor. You can't, you, you can't kill a child of God. All you can do is send them to heaven. We don't die. When we, when, we, when we have funeral services, we don't really have funeral services. We have memorial services and celebrations because they're with Jesus, man. That's a celebration. We're celebrating with them. You made it. Hallelujah. You graduated from basic training. You're now in the real place. Woo! Go for it. Come on. And that's why that passage of scripture I read you at the beginning today, when he's talking about there's a great cloud of witnesses. A great cloud of witnesses. And they are up there and they are cheering us on. They can see us. We can't see them, but apparently they can see us. And they're seeing you run your race. Loretta, please come and the team. They're seeing you run your race. Now listen closely. They're seeing you run your race. And they know those times when in running your race, you're struggling. And you're just, you're just going, oh man, I just, oh, I don't think I can finish this. They see those times that like Eric Little in the movie Chariots of Fire, the enemy knocks you off the track and you're rolling and you're laying there knocked off the track and you've got a choice you've got to make at that point. Are you going to stay down and not finish your race or are you going to jump back up and get back on the track and say, not yet. You are not knocking me out. You may knock me down, you can't knock me out. You may put pressure on me, but you can't crush me. You may try and steal from me, and you may try and kill me, but you can't destroy me. I am a child of Almighty God, and I am running this race. I'm going to finish, and I'm going to finish strong. Come on, amen. Heaven is real and Jesus wants you there would you stand with me please